I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the assassination of President Garfield. So grab Alexander Graham Bell. And let's get civical. single one of you hello every body welcome back to let's get civical i am lizzie Mm -hmm. stewart i am arden walentowski and what can i say oh you know what i'll say because i always i always tell myself i'm gonna do this at the top and then i always forget 
which because apparently it's better if you say this at the top, which is you guys. We've been together for this is our 178th episode. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Bananas. Unreal. Mm-hmm. If you've been listening to us and you're like, we love these two gals, why don't you go and give us give us a little review? Rate oh. us. Throw a little five stars our way. It really, I know it seems crazy, but it really makes a difference. And it also just just makes me really happy. <laughs> it just makes me happy. It just makes if me happy. If you're going to say things like, we don't like your voice ads, mm. that you can keep to yourself. Yes. If you want to say but- something mean... Uh, you don't, we don't care. We're not that. talking to you in this moment. No. This is, Your this feelings are valid. for you. Yeah. Slide mm-hmm. into our DMs. Tell us that on the side. Right. Because I, we also read your DMs to people who mm-hmm. have DM'd us before. You know that we respond to you. Usually uh, very enthusiastically. And most of, most most everybody's very nice, actually. And so yeah. thank you for that. But yeah. we I never, we, I never say this at the beginning. I always say it at the end. But... Rate, review, and subscribe to us if you haven't already. And thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And I feel like you're going to really want to after this episode, which is full of bonkers information. I'm so excited. I'm I'm so excited excited to do this. Yeah. And as always, I always like to preface our assassination episodes because we we have some in the canon now, which it's like we're not... We're not making light of somebody dying. No. But usually these stories are, are bananas. Crazy, yes. And that's what, like, that's what we're going to be responding to and reacting to. I mean, Arden obviously knows the bananas facts about this particular assassination. I have not. I'm coming into this blind, so God help us all. Mm-hmm. But we always find some twists and turns in these episodes. And... Yes. Today is no different. I, I'm i going to say this, and this year you're going to be shocked. I didn't even know that Garfield was assassinated. <laughs> I mean, and that here's was, He's shocking... just not in the top five of No, which is wild. And I'm just, after doing these notes, I was like, I'm going to write a movie about this. Because <laughs> this is so, like, it has everything. I think it has the everything. only thing, I mean, it even... Has like a love story with the wife. Like, <gasps> can I be the wife? It, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That's Your called caps. booking it, y'all. That's called, That's called getting mm-hmm. the getting the part. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's called knowing the right people and asking yeah. at the right time. It's called nepotism because we're related, obviously. That's exactly it. Blessed and booked. Hashtag blessed and booked. Hashtag blessed and booked. Booked and, is it booked and blessed or blessed and booked? It's booked and blessed, but you said blessed and booked, so I went with you. Oh, thank you so much. Because I'll See? support you in everything well, you do, including this movie about the assassination <laughs> of President Garfield. <laughs> I just, it needs to be made. It needs to be made. Sure. It's absolutely stellar material. There's nothing it does not have. And my one regret with these notes, because they're a little long, because it's so just a roller coaster, is that I didn't put in anything really about Garfield himself. So at some point... We should do... That's for a later day. An episode on him and his life and what he was about, what he stands. Okay. Well, you know, if these notes are long and we're bursting at the seams here, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get our hands dirty. Do you want to start off with the sources? 
There, yes, and there are just two sources, and mm. God bless them. Mm. So good, so helpful. The National Park Service had some great information on the assassin. Oh. Like they did a whole article about why he did it, and I mean, just really yeah. good. Um, and then, of course, history.com because they really blew it out of the park with this one. So, literally, mom and dad, mm-hmm. we're safe. Yep. We are safe. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready and I'm excited. So, the assassination, let's talk about it. On the morning of July 2nd, 1881, James A. Garfield arrived at the Baltimore and Potomac train station for a much-needed holiday. Honey, you and me mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. Just four months had passed since the former Union general and Ohio congressman had been sworn in as the nation's 20th president, but his term had already gotten off to a rocky start, sweet Garfield. Indeed. He had clashed with Republican power brokers over patronage appointments to his administration and had endured a brush with tragedy after his wife contracted a near-fatal case of malaria. Yeah. That's a rough couple of months. It's rough. He's got a, he's got a rough start to this presidency. Yeah. With the First Lady now on the mend, Garfield was eager to escape the sweltering capital for a summer trip to New England... Samesies. Same. Where he planned to give a speech at his alma mater, Williams College. Okay, so he's like, I've got to rest and recuperate. Yes. Let me do a little PR move. Mm-hmm. But mostly we're just here to hang by the pool. Yes. Love it. I need to, it is too hot Strong. in the swamp. Yep. I need to go elsewhere Yep. for the breeze. Along with his two teenage sons and Secretary of State James G. Blaine, he had left the White House and taken a carriage ride to the station entrance near the National Mall. So he's moving and grooving. We're going Mm -hmm. on the train. Like most presidents up to that point, very important, he was not accompanied by bodyguards or a security detail. It's like impossible for us to like wrap our heads around this now. Right. But literally, it's just a guy out the street. And you're like, yeah, oh, my God. He's just walking around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi. Hi, Mr. Garfield. President yeah. Garfield. Nice to see you. Yeah. Just walking around. As Garfield's carriage pulled up outside the Baltimore and Potomac train station, Charles Guiteau paced the waiting room inside, ready to fulfill what he believed was a mission from God. Okay, wannabe blues, yes. brother. Like, what's yeah. up? Yeah. Oh, boy. For weeks, the 39-year-old had stalked the president across Washington, patiently waiting for a chance to gun him down. Oh, Charles. Yeah. Yikes. Family members and acquaintances had long suspected that Guiteau was insane, but he had planned the crime with chilling precision. He had conducted target practice with an ivory-handled forty-four caliber pistol, specifically purchased because Guito thought it would look nice in a museum one day. He's batshit. Oh, no. Yeah. Do we know what this, have you looked up what this person looks like? Yes, I have. Of course I have. Okay, hold on. Let me get on, let me get on your page. I've got to see it. He does look insane in the eyes. Oh, my. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, the beard. 
The beard. The beard. The oh, yeah. There is something. Whew. Oh, no. Thank yeah. you. He is crazy in the eyes. He is crazy in the eyes. We will obviously, everybody go to our Instagram page because we will obviously be posting a picture of this person with the eyes and the long beard. It's a lot. Yeah. It looks like there's some pictures of him where he's just has a mustache and shorter hair and it's less, it's less, but yeah. Yeah. I would say he's like, you look at him and you're like, oh, you're going to assassinate the president. Like that's right. his look. <laughs> that's his look. There's like just craziness. Yeah. And in the eyes, which is stunning because it's like these black and white photos from yesteryear of yore. Yeah. And you can still see it. You can still see the crazy. Yeah. Also, sidebar, are you getting pictures in your Google images that are coming up of the brain of his brain in a jar? Wait, I just searched his name. Um, That's all I did. I sure, I sure see it. I, I don't, sure see it. I don't Certainly understand not. what I'm looking at. This is breaking news. A fun fact. Hold on. I'm I'm, I'm reading this. I think it's okay. his brain. It, I think it's his brain. Okay, wait. Put, wait. put a pin in this because we're going to do a whole thing about, we're going to talk about the assassin because not usually something I would do. But it's his. It's fascinating. Like wow. he's fascinating. His reasons. So I feel like we should take this at the end of that. Okay. You. We're gonna do the meanest thing we've ever done to you as listeners, and we're gonna put a pin in our brain in a jar discovery, and pick it back up in fifteen minutes. So everybody, oh my know that we're gonna take care of you. But we, we will I, take care we, of you. We did just discover that at the same time. Okay. Yeah. That that's insane. I was like. Should I be clicking on this picture? Like, it's his literal... Okay, okay, but we put a pin in it, Arden. We put a pin in it. Okay, I'm, I'm okay. leaving the pin. I'm leaving the pin. The pin's, continue. The pin's continue. There. So, the pin's there. back to the notes, right? So, he's been stalking. He's crazy. I just looked at a picture of him, and you will too. It's all there. The 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 vibes are there. So he bought, he bought a gun that he thought would look nice in a museum one day, and he had even tried to take a tour of the district jail, which he assumed would be his new home after he was arrested. I just... <laughs> I, it just keeps giving. It just keeps giving. You know what? This you know is... what we've been doing? This whole, this whole podcast... The mission of this podcast, everything we've always said in every episode is like, this wasn't thought through. Like, this idea no. wasn't thought through. Like, the founding no. of this nation had a lot of holes. Very flawed. It, it Very startup foundation. And, yep. and what has happened is our, our prayers have been answered mm-hmm. in the form of this crazy dude who has gone, what I could say, too far too in preparation. Far. Uh, yes yes he thought the gun would look nice in a museum one day yeah and he wanted to scope out his new home the he jail. wanted to scope out his new home oh man what does this look like all right well, I okay can pee well, here. that's reasonable okay. maybe get in the all east right. wing we'll see in his pocket gito carried a letter addressed to the white house quote the president's tragic death was a sad necessity, it read, but it will unite the Republican Party and save the Republic. Life is a fleeting dream, and it matters little 
when one goes, end quote. I'm like, then you go. You go. <laughs> it matters you go. Little. Let this man live. Yeah. I'm like, if it matters little, honey, you go first. You go. You go first. You go. You go. So crazy. Mm. So at around 9.20 a.m., Garfield entered the, the train station alongside Secretary Blaine, who had offered to escort him to his train. As the men strode through the waiting room, Gito snuck up behind them and drew his pistol. A witness later told, I'm assuming the police, quote, his eye was steady and his face presented the appearance of a brave man who is determined upon a desperate deed and meant to do it calmly and well. So in today's terminology, he's like that chiller killer. Yeah. Like stone cold, just this is what I'm doing, no emotion. Not to bring it back to sort of what I think is like our ultimate assassination episode, which is, of course, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, my God. We discovered that um, one of the assass- one of the attempted assassins of the other guys that were assassinated or attempted to be assassinated that night, along with Lincoln, was hot. And we discovered the hot assassin. Right. It right. was because the guy who he was trying to kill remarked on the fact that he was a gorgeous man. He was like... Right, right, right. This, uh, and his eyes and this man. And it was beautiful. I just love how people have, like, when they're telling... When they're telling, like, their story about what's happened. Right. In this time period, it's done so with this, like, air of, like, what their emotional intelligence is doing. And, like, physically, and, like, it's it's descriptive in a way that it's not anymore. Like, for us now, it's, he was 5'5", he was brown hair, there was a birthmark on his eyebrow, he was this ethnicity, Um, he spoke like this. So it's just like a different way. Like, can you imagine, God forbid, something happens to one of us and, and, you know, or we have to identify somebody and we say, I saw him, his eye was steady, Uh, his face um, um, (laughs) presented the appearance, appearance of a brave man, um, who... Um, is determined upon a desperate deed and and also meant to do it calmly and well. And he was 5'5". Five five. <laughs> and he was 5'5". Five five, with a freckle behind his left ear. But just like to have that as a part of it, it's what a description. It's, is it's what I'm such saying. a description. I also just, yeah, it's such a... It's also, like, the presumption of, of his intent and also, like, kind of paints him in this, like, he's not a hot, this is not. This isn't I mean, hot. This isn't, not a hot assassin. Mm-hmm. I can understand where maybe some people would be like, oh, no, he's my type. Like, he's not ugly, but he's, he's yeah. not, like, no. Cute, I mean, I, like, yeah, sure. the Abraham Lincoln guy no, was. Well, we, I mean, you know, that is just, he's in a different ballpark. The, He's in a different ballpark. That that young man whose name I can't remember, but I can't his, remember. It's Henry something, I think. I just Powell. I still see the something image. Powell. Powell. Lewis Powell, I think. Lewis Powell. Good job. Lewis Powell. Oh my God, oh God. I was like, his picture I just pops see up his again. Face. You guys, and again, he uh, he Lewis Powell tried to assassinate William Henry Seward in the same night that. Um, they were trying to assassinate. John Wilkes Booth was trying to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. It was a three-pronged attack. Mm-hmm. And it, you need to listen to this episode that we did. Because on it, we discovered, 
just doing a quick Google search of what all the assassins looked like, that Lewis Powell is gorgeous. Like, not a good dude. He got what he deserved uh, yep. in the end. But wow, what a surprise. So we always want to see what these people look like because I think yep. it's an, it helps tell the story, you know? Oh, totally. Totally. So Gito, back to the assassination of... Uh, Garfield. Oh my God, James Garfield? James, James Garfield. Garfield. I know, you want to say Andrew, don't you? But it's James. <laughs> well, no, I picture the cat. <laughs> oh, I keep trying to say Andrew Garfield. <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Oh my God. No, I always just think of the well. cat. And I'm like, what's his name? James. 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 So Guito fired two shots at the president from point blank range. The first bullet only grazed Garfield's right arm, causing him to bellow, My God! What is this? <laughs> I love Again, this full ass account. It's we have not, an account and it's not of funny, like, but to say no. what is this? I'm like, it, it can really only be what I've never been <laughs> shot. And thank God. And I hope to never in my life ever have to be shot. But I think I if you never I, have to be shot. I, I know. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I don't. I hope I'm not I just hope I'm not <laughs> it's one of the best things you've ever said not that I not, I mean I I hope a that I'm never shot and that I never have to be shot I, I understand those are two different things at this point um but I think if I was shot the point is if I was shot I think I would know I wouldn't go what's this <laughs> <laughs> my god my god what is this what? Probably be like, how? What, ow. <laughs> oh what ho? Ho? Like, what's... <laughs> what is... This blood? Where'd it come from? What in the, what in the devil is going on? <laughs> Mr. Blaine, do you see? Oh, gosh. What is this? Oh, my God. What's this? What's this? So then the second shot was much more accurate. It struck Garfield in the lower back, knocking him to the floor. No sooner had the shots rang out than the station filled with the sound of panicked screams from bystanders. Guito made an attempt to flee, but a man blocked the door, allowing a ticket agent and a police officer to apprehend him. Shout out to the ticket agent. I he know. went to that job not wanting to capture the assassin of the president. That's right. No, he I also, good. it is interesting to me that for all of his planning, for like casing the jail and everything, like he seemed like he was a man who knew he was going to get caught. So the, yeah. to try to flee is an interesting choice to me. I'm like, but you already cased right. the j- I know. You already you already knew what was inevitable. Yeah. Maybe he was like, I'll give it a shot. I mean. Right, right, right. <laughs> Let's give it a whirl. Let's give it a whirl. We'll try and run. Furious train passengers immediately surrounded the shooter and began yelling, lynch him, lynch him. I mean, people just jump right to it, don't they? They just, they just hop right in there. Right well, in this there. is 1881. I mean, oh, yeah. all bets oh, yeah. are off. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. It's very, it's very raw emotionally. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to deal with our emotions yet. At Guito's own request, police whisked him away to the safety of the jailhouse. <laughs> can you, can you put me to safety? And I do, and like this, I actually, you know, like I, I'm not an eye for an eye type of gal. I don't think that, you know, you should, you know, you should just be able to kill somebody because they've done something horrendous, obviously. Yeah. 
I agree. But I just, the image of him being like, can you get me to safety after, like, moments after shooting the president of the United States? Right. It is I'm feeling, laughable. I'm feeling endangered. I feel I like feel I scared. might die. I feel scared. Yeah. Please take me to jail. Meanwhile, Garfield was still laid out on the train station floor, bleeding profusely from his back wound. Within minutes, 10 different doctors had arrived to examine him and tried to locate the second bullet, the one that's in his back. Where are these doctors coming from? They're just there going on their weekends. I guess. I mean, it must be a busy train station, I suppose. Uh, yeah. That, I would, that has I to be ima- it. Yeah. And I would imagine, like, at the time, it's probably in the, like, a busy downtown. I mean, I'm just picturing, like. Yeah. You know, like. Back to the Future Three, where they're like in the like the downtown is a bustling and the, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. so maybe the doctor was like right there too. Yeah, is there a doctor in the train station? <laughs> the president has been shot. Is there a doctor? Does anybody any know a doctor? So they all tried to come and examine him and locate the second bullet, though no one knew it at the time. The slug. This is what is so sad. The slug had missed the president's arteries and vital organs and embedded itself near his pancreas. Today, it would be a survivable injury, but the army of well-meaning physicians only worsened the damage by using their unsterilized fingers and instruments to probe the wound, introducing germs and potentially causing an infection. So they're just like digging in yeah. in with their fingers I mean I, like I get it though it's like the, the president has been shot you feel like you only have minutes if that right. to like get the bullet out so you can like close up the wound and stop the bleeding right. and all of this stuff so like I, you know I'm not a doctor and I probably would go in with my fingers if I felt like right. I like this was the only course of action but yeah yeah Ooh. they they really, they, they made it worse. I mean, it's 1881. We don't know. I know. What are you going to do? It's not like, also, what would you, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now they would just, like, literally put him on an ambulance and take him to a hospital. That Like, that. that's amazing that that's how far we've come. That in, like, less than 100 years, we knew, don't touch him. Like, get him on a gurney and get yeah. him to a place that's sterile. Like, the place where the thing happened, not great not to great. do finger surgery. Yeah, or at least grab some Purell. Something, something. Anything. Or I'm, I'm sure somebody had whiskey. Like if they had just like, yeah, you know, it's 1881. Just you know. So anyway, so he's lying on the floor in a lot of pain. These doctors are sticking their fingers in his open wound. Golly. And after an hour of excruciating prodding, the president was an carried hour? from the train. An hour. They did this an for an hour. hour. Yeah, like, like this is the. The president of the United States, and they're like... My thing is, like, if he's not dying within, like, five minutes, I'm like, okay, let's stop and take him somewhere. <laughs> let's take him somewhere else. No, an hour, this poor, no. poor man. They take him to a bedroom in the White House, because also they're not that far, yeah. right? Like, they're by the White House. His doctors feared he would not survive the night, but Garfield put on a brave face for his children, saying, quote, the upper story is all right. It is only the hull that was damaged. Oh, uh, like the hull is important. That's how you sink. Hello, Titanic. I know. I know. Yikes, but guys. Well, he didn't know about that yet. That happened That's after true. he that was, that was, what, 40 years later? Oh, yeah. We love to see it. Oh, my God. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. 
You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave, with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. So as the summer dragged on, newspapers printed a steady stream of medical updates on Garfield. The 49-year-old president had rallied in the first few days after the shooting, but his condition worsened after his doctor, D. Willard Bliss, what a name, administered a heavy dose of quinine, morphine, and alcohol, which brought on bouts of vomiting that left him weak and emaciated. Okay, the doctors... (laughs) just this man's already dying okay. and then they're like you know what makes it better get drunk get drunk <laughs> yikes bliss also conducted repeated medical probes in a futile attempt to locate the second bullet in august he even enlisted the help of a telephone inventor alexander graham bell i'm telling you this assassination <laughs> has literally everything I don't understand how this is not a movie yet. Okay. It's, you could not write it better. I really, no, I I, I was not expecting um, Alexander Graham Bell to no. make a second act appearance here, but here no. we are. Here we are. So 
Garfield's doctor <laughs> calls Alexander Graham Bell and enlisted him uh, to help him. And he used a crude metal detector called an induction balance to search for the slug, <laughs> a.k.a. bullet. They're looking for the slug like you would look for coins or treasure on a beach. Yeah, like a ring on a beach. <laughs> mm-hmm. The machine had worked perfectly in tests, but the screening failed due to interference from metal springs on the president's bed. <laughs> I just... Move him off like, the bed? Some forethought. Move Put him, him on off the floor. The bed. You're looking for metal. Don't lay him on something that is metal. Up, oh, found God. it. Maybe they can't move him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. To make matters worse, Bell was only permitted to search the right side of Garfield's body, where Bliss incorrectly believed that the bullet was lodged. I This is the other thing. I'm like, okay, if we're going so far as letting Alexander Graham Bell take a metal detector to your literal physical form, why are we going to go so far as to be like, only the right side? Right. What are you hiding on the left? What are you hiding? It's like, just do a quick once over. You're already here. Right, right. This is insane. It's insane. By September. So this, he was shot in July. Yeah. And he's still kicking in September. But by September, a massive infection, most likely caused by his medical treatment. This poor man. Had left Garfield with a persistent fever and abscess over his entire body. He was taken to a cottage on the Jersey Shore in the hope that the cool sea air would revive him. Sure. I mean, you know what? It can't hurt. It can't be any worse than the alcohol. But died on the night of September 19th, 1881. He had been president for just 200 days. This poor man. I just... Yes. Garfield president, 200 days, assassinated by this mad Frenchman and also his medical team. His medical team. Yeah, that's I mean, some... good thing there wasn't malpractice. That's back what then. I was gonna say. I was like, that's some malpractice stuff right there. I mean, right there. yikes, McGikes. So now we're gonna talk about the assassin, and I only, I mean, in present time, like in our current modern times, because there are shootings so frequently. I don't really care about like the identity of the person. I generally just want to know like. Why was this preventable in some way? Is mm-hmm. it a mental health thing? Are they crazy or the whatever? But this guy, and we're going to talk about that stuff, but this guy, I just, I am so interested in as a human being because <laughs> mm. he's, he just seems completely bonkers. And I, yeah, anyway, so here Lay we go. We're going to talk about the assassin. So when police apprehended him after he had shot Garfield on July 2nd, Guiteau calmly told them, quote, I am a stalwart of the stalwarts. Arthur is president. What is a stalwart, dare I ask? A stalwart. So that was like, this was when the the political parties were, there was a bunch of them and they had split off and there's, um, yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember all the names, but I but a stalwart is like one of the we're like s- kind of sex within the Republican Party at the time. Gotcha. 
So this is, according to Britannica, a, a stalwart was a member of a faction of the Republican Party that opposed the civil service reform policies of Rutherford B. Hayes and sought unsuccessfully a third presidential term for Ulysses S. Grant. They vied with the generally more liberal half-breeds for control of the party in the 1870s and 80s. Among stalwart leaders were Roscoe Conkling of New York, Chester Arthur, and Vice uh, vice President under James A. Garfield. So his vice president. So, ah, so Arthur is president. Yeah, so Arthur's president is... Right. Chester Arthur. Chester Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. What a name. What a name. Two first names. So essentially he's shooting he's he's shooting Garfield so that his guy can become president. Well shoot. Yeah. So understanding the factionalism of the Republican Party during this era helps you to understand not only how James A. Garfield got to the presidency but also that his murder was wholly political in nature. Yes. So we've just... Yes. Yes, exactly that. One main issue that led to the split in the Republican Party was patronage. Under the patronage system, the winners of congressional and presidential elections had the power to appoint whomever they chose to film numerous federal jobs. Experience and qualifications mattered little, if at all. Sure. Wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Powerful politicians loved the so-called spoil systems because it allowed them to put friends and relatives into lucrative positions and ensure loyalty from everyone they appointed. Of course, of course. That's like, yeah. I mean, Surround if, yourself if you with appoint your people. everybody and they're working for you, that's great for you. Mm-hmm. Guiteau considered himself to be a stalwart Republican. He had supported Ulysses S. Grant for the party's nomination in 1880. Even preparing a nonsensical speech he hoped to give for Grant for the Grant campaign throughout New York. So he's writing at no run's request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, a- I am ready to speak. It's just like how I'm ready to fly the plane always. Always. He was ready to give a speech. And it's ready like, to give nobody's asked you. You're not qualified. No, no, nobody. Who yeah. are you? Nobody cares what you have to say. So when the Republicans ended up choosing Garfield instead, Guito simply crossed out all the references to Grant in his speech and replaced them with Garfield. Easy peasy, so squeezy. Yep. <laughs> he's crossed it out. Garfield led this nation in the Civil War <laughs> admirably. <laughs> admirably. But he's all, like he killed he kills Garfield because he wants Arthur to be president, but here he is. Yeah, at one point he was fixing a speech to, speech to support Garfield. Yeah. yeah. So during the campaign, Guito hounded Republican officials to let him give his speech, which he finally did to a small and puzzled crowd. His odd performance led the mentally unbalanced Guito to believe that he had helped Garfield win New York, the most coveted electoral prize of the 1880 contest, and the state that put Garfield over the top and into the presidency. He's like a such a narcissist. Sure. Sure. Like, I did it. I, I gave you New York. I gave you New York. I also love the the image of this crowd being like, "Do you know who that is?" She who doesn't is even go here. We don't even go here. <laughs> that's that's the crowd. That's the crowd. That's the crowd. So his contribution to the party's victory entitled him, he felt, 
to a patronage position, mm. and he soon went to Washington, D.C. to present himself for consideration for the American consulship to Paris. I mean, you gotta love a self-starter. You gotta love a self-starter. You gotta he, love somebody who advocates for himself. That's right. To a fault, it would say, it would seem. To a fault. Yeah. To a fault. Yeah, he's really thinking he's very, very important. And just the entitlement is so crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Of course, he had no skills, qualification, or experience to warrant such a position, but lesser men had received prize jobs under the patronage system. Fair. But the patron Right, fair. But the patronage system is also, like, for your close confidants and family, generally. Right. right. Not, like, a dude who gave a speech once. Well, but no, he gave him New York. He gave him the victory. That's true. This isn't That's just true. an acquaintance. This is the person who fulfilled Garfield's destiny. Right. Different. 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 So once he got to Washington, Guito was obviously sorely disappointed. His efforts to secure the Paris appointment failed, and he became a nuisance to the new administration. He aroused the ire of Secretary of State James Blaine, who at one point thundered at Guito, quote, Do not ask me about the Paris consulship ever again! End quote. Good job. Thank you. Once Quito realized that he would not get the position he wanted and that the Garfield administration was serious about scrapping the patronage system altogether, he decided that removing Garfield was his best option. Removing being. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. So smart. This guy won't give me what I want. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. And then I'll get what I want. And then because... I'll get the paper. Yeah, that all... <laughs> April Arthur will be C. president. Yeah. And he likes the patronage system. Making Chester A. Arthur president would not only save the country from a half-breed Republican like Garfield, but would also, considering Arthur's past affiliation with Roscoe Conkling, save the patronage system and quash civil service reform once and for all. As a nice byproduct, Gitu would also surely receive the Paris consulship from a grateful President Arthur. Of Thank course. you. Of course. Thank you, Charles. Without you killing the last president, I would never be president. Right. You go to Paris. You go to Paris. Represent me well. Rather than being heralded as a hero for saving the Republican Party... Charles Guiteau was incarcerated, tried, and found guilty of murder. In what was probably one of the most lucid statements he ever made, Guiteau, when accused of murdering Garfield during his trial, replied, quote, the doctors did that. I merely shot him. <laughs> and He's I have to say, that's true. It's true. That's true. It's true. I would the say that's true. Did- There's a little bit of defense there. Yep. Guito was hanged on June 30th, 1882. So truly almost a year later. Yeah. He died a disappointed office seeker, to be sure. But to describe him as that and nothing more only tells part of the story. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He was also a political assassin that killed President Garfield in an attempt to force the Republicans to change course on civil service reform. The Republican Party's factionalism clearly responsible for the selection of Garfield as its standard bearer in 1880 also led to the president's murder at Guiteau's hands. So yeah. extremism begets extremism. Everybody has a role to play when something mm-hmm. this tragic happens. Mm-hmm. Are yep. there parallels we can draw? I think so. I think so. I think so. I think so. So the aftermath The nation entered a brief period of mourning for the leader it had barely known. As many as 100,000 people turned out to view Garfield's body as it lay in state at the Capitol Rotunda. But attention soon turned toward punishing Charles Guiteau. Vigilantes tried to shoot the president's assassin on two separate occasions. This is the wild fucking West. I I just, it's such a gift. I mean, yeah. Not... Not, not, I'm not advocating for the violence. It's just. You can't be surprised. Yeah. And when his murder trial began in November of 1881, the court had to cycle through over 150 different men to assemble an impartial jury. Really surprised it's only 150. I I know. I was like, who would be like, "Mm, well, because it's also. Maybe it's okay. It's also like. When you're asking the jury the questions, like, do you know this man? And you're like, you mean the president of the United States? I'm aware of, I'm aware of this man. (laughs) Right. And I don't know that I would want somebody on this jury who you asked that to, and they would be like, uh, my milkman? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Guiteau entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity, arguing that the assassination had been, quote, God's act and not mine. Fair. Which, to me, means, like, then he's not, well, he's obviously not Catholic or a Christian, because God would never ask, like, it's a commandment. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to kill Thou people. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. Written there. Yep. Although, you could argue God did ask what's-his-face to kill his sons, right? So, anyway. God's asked you to kill a lot of people. That's, a lot of people. Yeah. And he killed... And according to the Bible, he killed so he killed everything in the flood. Wow. <laughs> Did not expect Noah to come up in this conversation. Noah, here we are. Anything can Aww. happen. Guito claimed that the true cause of Garfield's death was malpractice at the hands of his doctors. Quote, I deny the killing. If your honor please, we admit the shooting. Again. Yeah. It's Again. fair. Yes. It is a I fair assessment. Now, yes, if he hadn't have shot him, would he been right. put in the care of doctors who obviously had no idea what was going on? Right. Also fair. So without right. the shooting, there would have been the doctors. But without the doctors, he might have lived. He might have lived. <laughs> right. It's also interesting. I was like, how do they know? Because in reading the first part about the doctors, I was like, this is just like bad 1881 era yeah. Medicine, not knowing what to do because we're not that smart yet. Right. But then clearly everybody knew the doctors fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I think that so was it's a, like, it seems to be what, a thing. <laughs> right. So Guito's insanity plea failed to convince the jury, which took less than an hour to return a guilty verdict. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I think they went back there and sat there just to like 
do the act of like deliberating, right. you know, do right. do the performance. But I mean, what you're gonna let the assassin walk away? It's uh, no, you're not gonna be the Espe- jury that lets the assassin live, right? Especially for assassinating somebody who hung on for months, months, and was still like sending medical updates to the American yeah. people about his condition. Yeah. Like, no, no. So then on June 30th, 1882, nearly a year to the day, like Lizzie said, after he shot the president, Guiteau was executed by hanging in D.C. So. Bye. Oh, my God, we have to talk about the brain in the jar. Okay, let's unpin okay, it Okay, we have to talk about the brain in the jar. We're taking the pin out. We're taking, We're taking the, pin the pin out, out now. Okay. Well, I think this is a good thing to end on. Oh, God, yes. Because we've not, we've hung him. Now, how did his brain mm-hmm. get into a jar? So. I'm, so here we go. Do you want to do it? I mean, I what do you have? I have it open. Okay. So, okay. So doctors from the Army Medical Museum in Washington, D.C. performed an autopsy after they had hung Guito, hoping to find physical causes for Guito's actions, which I don't, like, is this a time, like, I wonder if his family, because they knew he was crazy, were like, yes, please find out why, or if they were like, if that wasn't a thing, like if consent wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, well, he killed the president. We can do what right. we want with we can his do what body. We want with him. Right. So they found that his spleen was greatly enlarged from chronic malaria, but nothing else seemed wrong with his body. His brain, however, was more promising as a potential site of abnormalities. Microscopic analysis of sections of Guito's brain seemed to show degeneration of the capillaries, which are small blood vessels. One expert said that mentally ill people in asylums had similar brain pathologies. Hmm. Another expert claimed that the convolutions of the assassin's brain were asymmetrical and his left brain hemisphere was underdeveloped, supposedly indicating abnormality. The doctors had found what they were looking for, apparent proof that the assassin had inherited his sanity and his criminality. More recent diagnoses point to Guiteau's chronic malaria and to neurosyphilis, which probably caused less obvious brain damage that contributed to his erratic behavior. Oh, the pieces of his brain, which still remain at the National Museum of Health and Medicine. Oh, they're like Split, I think. Museum of National Health and Medicine and at the at Muter, I think, M-U-T-T-E-R, reveal may reveal more clues in the future because they could still go back and study them. That's Ooh. wild. It's wild. It's wild. His brain is in a jar. I'm I'm not gonna post that picture on Instagram because I feel like it'll get taken down. But yeah. just look up just look it up. Just look just Google his name and you'll find it. Yeah. I mean he uh, obviously there was something going on that was neurological not just because he assassinated somebody and that's always a a wild thing to comprehend somebody doing but all of his behavior leading up to the assassination indicates some type of neurological thing going on you know yeah i'm curious now if he were to stand trial if he would be fit to stand trial Based on medical oh. standards of today. I, my guess is probably not. Yeah. But that, that you would then be like locked away maybe. But, you know, yeah. or put like in a mental health whatever. I also think it um, depends on what state he was in. It also depends on what state. <laughs> and I also think it 
I think they would have gotten away with like instead of like trying him for murder for assassination, it would be attempted because I think you could very easily prove sure. That. Well, yeah. It wasn't that that killed him. He could have survived that. It was the doctors. And then he would have had all these doctors on trial. Certainly would have been and a maybe very even, like, less cut and dry case. I mean, this was yeah. an open and closed book back then for of a case yeah. for, for the prosecution. But nowadays, yeah, I think it would have been a lot more uh, nuanced. Yeah. Also, this is only related because this is where part of his brain in a jar is mm. this like I, I don't know how to say it muter mutter museum which is at the college of physicians in philadelphia is bananas did you is look it? at this no there's i mean like, i saw his brain in a jar there's it's all weird like oh my lord ah oh it's if like, you're grossed yeah, out yeah, by yeah. creepy things yeah, don't look don't at go this. To this site. Yeah, but ooh. but if you're into creepy things, this is your jam. I can't. It like it's so gross to me. It looks fake. I mean, it, it, like I want to believe it's fake, but I don't think that it. it is. Yeah, I don't think it's fake. I think it is. Ooh. I think it's I real. Like it. I don't like it. Bye bye. I'm closing that window. Okay. okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna have nightmares. Ugh. But with with a brain in a jar, I I think that's the yeah. end of our episode. Like we can't we can't. Oh God, yeah. Do more that, than there's that. no more. There's no more. There's no more to say. I mean, that's that's our assassination of President Garfield, y'all. We're we're closing in on assassinations. We don't have many presidential assassinations left, really. No, no. I think just well, I totally didn't know garfield assassinated so maybe we have more than i think we do but i think we just have jfk left i think so yeah yeah because we've talked about stuff surrounding that well sure 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 but not the actual the actual moment which you guys will save it for a rainy day don't think it's not coming but in the meantime we love you so so much and if you like what you heard you can find us on twitter and instagram at let's get civical As I said at the top, please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.